draw near to God during these three days in particular. We come to these three readings uh, that we heard this evening uh, earlier that Kate read. And, And we see that Jesus at one time cast a shadow. So Jesus, during the time of the law, cast a shadow. As we see in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1, it says, For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, and it goes on. So as we think back on the Old Testament that we're about to read about here in summary, in just four very short verses, talking about the tabernacle and this extensive sacrificial system, as we stand here today on this side of Jesus Christ fulfilling the law, we can look back and see that at that time, it was Jesus' shadow that we could see through all of these sacrifices that were happening. Those, those sacrifices that were occurring under the law were but a shadow of the good things to come, the substance that would later come. So in a sense, as we read here, God is beginning to train the collective conscience of his people that, that there must be sacrifices to cover sin. There must be constant atonement being offered to God for sin. So let's read those, those first four verses together. I'll read them aloud. And as we read them, consider what's going on and how it's happening and how extensive it is and what sorts of sacrifices are being offered and how often and to what effect. But as we read all of it, Let's not dismiss it as futile only, but let's consider that it's also the shadow of this good, substantive thing that's that's God's will that will be revealed as we'll continue reading. Chapter 10, verse 1. For since the law was but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the, the true form of those realities, it can never... By the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. It's only a shadow, so it can't make perfect. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. I don't know about you, but I have flower beds in a yard. And there are weeds everywhere, right? I was lucky enough to mow my grass today before the rain came. But there are weeds everywhere. And I could cover the weeds with mulch. The mulch would, and they, it does more than that, but bear with me. Mulch smothers stuff and might kill some things, but, but mulch is just covering over, right? As soon as the mulch dissolves or decays or whatever happens to mulch, the weeds are just right back, right? Three times as many. The way to take care of weeds is to do something else, right? You, well, you can spray them with poison, which is substance, or you can pull them out by the root, But I couldn't pull weeds out by the root just with my shadow. 
there would have to be something substantive to grab hold of it and take it out. As we see here in, in one way, the writer of Hebrews is in a way telling us that, that these laws and, <clears throat> and these sacrifices that are offered continually year after year, they can't take away sins because they're just a shadow. They can't lay hold of something and remove it. They can temporarily cover over it um, because the shadow that's being cast is, is from a good object. It's from Jesus. Jesus at one time cast a shadow and, and as the light of God's will shone toward his people <clears throat> through these sacrifices, in a sense, their sins could be covered temporarily. But let's continue reading because Jesus, though at one time he cast a shadow, also Jesus at one time took on flesh. This substance came to us. Consequently, it says, the writer goes on, when Christ came into the world, when Christ came into the world, when the substance arrived, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So Jesus Christ at one time cast a shadow and then later in the fullness of time, Jesus took on flesh. Jesus came in person. Isn't it interesting that he points to these bodies of bulls and goats that were offered continually day in and day out under the law that could never take away sin. And then he says, but a body you have prepared for me. Jesus, in no uncertain terms, is embodied as God's will, as the substance of all these good things that God has planned for his people, namely their sanctification and the removal of their sins forever. He goes on to contrast these two epics of God's um, dealing with his people. In verse 11, and every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering... He, was per, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. That may be the pivotal um, paragraph of the entire passage of Scripture, where, where the writer is contrasting the fact that these sacrifices under the law were happening continually, all the time, and yet could never take away sins. But then... When Christ had offered 
for all time a single sacrifice, not an ongoing sacrifice, not him continually working, but once for all. It says that he sat down. That's interesting because if you go back to the Old Testament where God gives Moses the blueprints and all the details for how the tabernacle would be constructed down to the minute details around furnishings. There's tables in there and there's um, different tables for different things. There are lampstands in there. There's details about the curtains that are going to be hung in there and the rings that are going to hold the curtains up. All kinds of details. Every single thing that went in there was described and ordered by God. There wasn't some... um, you know, interior decoration happening by Aaron and, and Aaron's wife over dinner. You know, what, what we could really use in that corner is such and such. If God didn't say it should go in there, it didn't go in there. And it's interesting because there were no chairs in the tabernacle. There's no chairs. There's no chairs. The priests never sit down. If a priest sat down, instead of being always at the ready to make an offering for sin... It would send a signal to God's people that somehow were good, but they were never good. Their sins were never removed. Again, they could be temporarily covered, but there was no place for a priest to sit. Their job was to constantly be on their feet and constantly offering sacrifices. And here we see Jesus after he had made this one sacrifice, a body you have prepared for me. I have come to do your will as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. Once he had done this, the writer of Hebrews says he sat down. He sat down at the right hand of God. It was finished. There's no more offering for sin to be made. It takes us back to creation. After God had made everything in the world and he saw that it was good. He saw that there was nothing that that he could improve about the eye of a squirrel. Or the way it can jump from tree to tree. Right? Or, or the human ear. That, that everything was in harmony. Everything was in equilibrium. Everything was in balance. Everything was good. And on the seventh day, God rested. Signaling to us that it was good. And it was perfect. And it was finished. In the similar way, Jesus, when he had restored us. When he had taken away sin. Sat down. As we gather today and as we remember the death of Christ in particular, we don't come in the sense, in the same way that the Israelites would have come when Jesus was merely casting a shadow, a shadow of the good things to come. Every time the Israelites would come to the tabernacle to have another sacrifice offered, it says in verse 3, but in these sacrifices there is a reminder of sins Every year, every time I come, it's, it's, it's a reminder of my sinfulness and a need for me to kind of re-up my contract and have the etch-a-sketch of my sins shaken again. But then as, as soon as I'm finished here, it's going to just be all a mess again. It's constantly being overgrown with, with weeds. I'm coming repeatedly, being reminded of sins repeatedly, having sacrifices offered continually to temporarily cover my sins. And I I have to keep doing this. So what's up in the mix is my sinfulness constantly before God. 
but God's gracious provision for temporary atonement through the shadow that's being cast by Christ, who's going to come someday. So it's, it's gracious, but it's, it's a reminder of sin. As we come tonight, as we continue to worship Christ through this weekend in particular, it's different for us. Verse 17, God says, as Christ sits down, as his payment for your sins is complete, verse 17 says, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. So as we come this evening to worship, to remember, we draw our attention on the sacrifice that Jesus offered to us, but we draw near with hearts full of hope. We draw near knowing that there's nothing for us to offer. We draw near knowing that even right now, tonight, as you're sitting here, Jesus, on your behalf, is sitting at the right hand of God, saying, that one is covered. The sins of that one have been forgiven and removed, and we will remember them no more. That doesn't mean sometimes. That doesn't mean when we're in a bad mood. That doesn't mean when they do them five times in a row. It means we will remember their, their sins and lawless deeds no more. So as we sit and consider, let's remember that Jesus also is sitting, having finished the work that he came to accomplish according to God's will.